Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. How are you doing? Happy April. We missed the podcast last week because I didn't want to do it. (laughs) Is that bad to say? Is that bad to say? We are changing. And so we have someone who supports us and editing the podcast and doing all that. And we are making a change. Um, And then for that week, we had no one to edit the podcast, post the podcast, do all of the things. And previous self would have been like, okay, just work extra hours, do all the things and make sure it goes out. We cannot skip a week. Skipping a week is, you know, the worst thing you can do. La di, la da, you know, all of the pressures. Um, For them to, after just like sitting with myself and being like, you know what, there is so much happening behind the scenes here. I don't really have the capacity um, to do all of that. And is it the end of the world? Is it okay? Where is this rigidity coming from? Right? I honestly feel, um, and the more that I, you know, am in the business world and growing my practice and the balance program and all of these things, the more that I'm starting to see a lot of resemblance between hustle culture and diet culture. And it's something that I have been exploring a lot for myself and even, you know, my own mental health and the pressures that I put on myself for my business in comparison to diet culture. And it is same, same. So for me, honestly, to be able to challenge some of these things of like, if it doesn't feel good, if I'm like pushing myself above and beyond and doing something that internally doesn't really align. It's more like the external view or validation that I would get from it. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it. So something like that with the podcast that I really love, like genuinely love doing the podcast and connecting with you. And what if we let go of all the rigid rules? You know, like I still plan to show up every week and, you know, connecting with you. But what about those weeks where it really doesn't feel aligned or, Maybe what I have to say doesn't feel connected or we don't have somebody to edit the podcast that week. And then I don't want to do it because I don't have a thousand hours in my week. Like what happens on those days? Like, are we able to let go? And I feel like this applies to, you know, our relationship with food in our body. When we do the healing work, the goal is not to do it perfectly, right? The goal is not to show up in a certain way that, is very like external motivated and feeling like we need that external validation, but instead really being able to check in and doing what's 
best for us and what feels best and what feels most aligned. And sometimes those things are very much aligned with my bigger vision, right? Of like, I want to build this amazing business that's going to support so many people and having the best relationship with food in their body. I'm actually like working on my vision right now. And like, this is what I have so far. Eradicate eating disorders and disordered eating from planet earth. Like how big is that? Like that's the vision for the future. And like most of the times I do things that align with my bigger vision to eradicate eating disorders and disordered eating. And sometimes I don't. And sometimes I take more time for myself or I need to clock it, clock off early or whatever the case may be. I'm like, what if that's okay? What if that is okay? And I'd love to invite you to think about those things in your life. Like whether you are in the process of healing your relationship with food or you're thinking about it or you have healed your relationship with food, what are the things that are showing up in your life that maybe still have a lot of rigidity and rules around? Maybe things that we get to explore to see how we can continue to just live very intentionally and in connection with ourselves. All right. This is how we started the podcast today. A big rant about why I didn't post my podcast last week and how diet culture and hustle culture are the same thing. Actually, though, I do want to make a post about this on my social because it's insane. Like I have been going through in the last, I would say six months, um, a lot of my own mental health, um, I wouldn't say struggles, but just like discoveries, I guess. Um, one in terms of like how my brain work and really learning more about my brain and neurodivergence and how it relates to me. And it's been a wild exploration, <laughs> but then also in terms of like burnout and expectations and how, you know, I feel like for so long in my own personal journey, I've put so much emphasis on my body and how my body was supposed to look, how I was supposed to appear, um, and gained a lot of validation from that, right? And went to a lot of crap to try to shrink my body, right? All the way to developing an eating disorder uh, because of how I felt in my body. And when I think about it from like the business side, the hustle side of things, like nowadays there's so much of these things that are very, um, you know, promoted in value. Like you're a hard worker is, I have in my belief, like very like hyper valued in our society. Um, making money and showing up and having followers and, you know, making a big impact and all of these things that, you know, some of them can be good. And also, again, it's that like piece of like external validation that we can then as humans attach a lot of our worth to. And for me, that's definitely something that I've noticed that has happened in the last few years. I have in the past five years, and built this practice, the balance practice, and that has, um, you know, a, a wonderful team behind. And I've attached a lot of my identity and value to having a business. And I did not realize it. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, like you do the healing work and you are so intuitive and intentional. And I feel like I'm so connected with myself until I reach a point of, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm hitting a wall. Like I'm hitting this wall real hard, real fast. And I have attached my identity to the success of my practice and my business and how many people we can help and how many healthcare providers we can like influence and impact with our message. And like, I really do believe this is like such an important work and like my life's mission and I kind of forgot who I was as a person. 
kind of forgot myself in this in this practice. So I think that is definitely something for me that I am reflecting on a lot and kind of seeing like how can both coexist and what are the things that I need to let go of and what are the things that I want to continue to do, right? I really see like when we are healing, it is never a destination, but forever a process that we go through. Because once we figure out the food and body piece and that feels really good, then we up level. <laughs> then it's like next level challenge, you know? And like, I think this is just what life is. But I think once you have that base of connecting with yourself, knowing your worth, knowing your value, advocating for yourself, these next challenges feel a lot easier. And that's one thing that for me anyways, I found like in the past while as I've been like learning more about my brain, learning more about the way I, I operate, learning more about, you know, like burnout and hustle culture and all of these things, having done the healing work to heal my relationship with food and my body really gave me an edge, like really helped me um, do this work in a different way. Because I already understand the systems of oppression. I already understand, you know, that external validation. I already know my worth as a person outside of all of this. I know the benefit of opting out of a system that no longer serves us, even if it's still very socially appraised. Right? Okay, I could do a full podcast episode on this. Maybe I will. Let me know on my Instagram if that's something that interests you. Or maybe if you've lived that too, like, do you feel like your work has also maybe taken a big place in your life in that sense, right? That we've attached so much validation to it. I'd be really curious to know um, how you feel about all of that. So message me on Instagram at The Bounce Dietitian. Would love to connect with you on that as I'm exploring all of these things too. But today I really wanted to talk about the healing process and in my perspective, the four steps that you need to absolutely do if you want to truly heal. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this is that as times goes on, I think, you know, the anti-diet movement is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, which is beautiful, wonderful. We love it. There's more and more intuitive eating dietitian or providers. There's more and more people who want to help you heal your relationship with food and your body. And I think it's all really wonderful. And I also believe that um, it, it's very, um, how do I say this to be politi politically correct? <laughs> Not everybody knows how to do this work. This is how I'm going to say it. I think it's a really amazing thing that more and more people are aligned with these values and, you know, we all want to see diet culture die and healing our relationship with food and our body is very specialized work, right? The same way that like eating disorder recovery is very specialized. As a provider, you need, you know, a certain set of skills and expertise to be able to truly support someone through it. Nowadays, I do believe that there are a lot of people who are doing this work without the right expertise. Um, and again, part of me is like, yay for more people wanting to do this work. And the other part of me is like, okay, but then also it's not just about eating all the foods. It's not about eating donuts. It's not about eating cookies. Like there's just so much that gets behind it. And I wanted to take this podcast episode to talk about these steps and these things that actually need to be addressed during your journey. And in my perspective, I believe if these things are not addressed, 
you're always going to stay in that like semi-recovered place in that limbo place. Like you're not actually going to find that piece of like feeling empowered with food. And again, this is my opinion. This is what I believe. So take it or leave it, but let me know how you feel about it. So the first thing, the first step. So when I think about being from a place where we have maybe disordered eating, disordered thoughts, like unhealthy relationship to our body, to a place where we have food freedom, we feel good, we feel empowered, we feel connected to our body. The first step has to be, has, has, has to be the mindset work. Really understanding our current beliefs or current thoughts around food and body, being able to do some unlearning work when it comes to those beliefs and learning new, productive, helpful beliefs. I believe that if we don't do the mindset work, if we don't actually change like our hard drive, if we don't actually question our internalized fat phobia, our current beliefs around food and body, like the multitude of messages that you have been getting around food and body since such a young age, like if we don't start there, we're missing a really big chunk. So that is number one. Like for me, the number one step when you are thinking about like your relationship with food and body is not even about food and body. It's about our brain, (laughs) right? What we believe around food, what we believe around a body, what thoughts do we have about it? What have we been told? What stories are we telling ourselves, right? These are really, really important things to unpack. And I, I really love this piece because we want to do it with, you know, curiosity over judgment. The goal here is never to shame ourselves or make ourselves feel like, I don't know, whatever we believe is wrong, but it's to be able to understand and seeing it as data, right? I saw, I, I don't even know if this, this is the actual number, but there was a, a post that says that most people have 20,000 thoughts per day. Again, I don't know if that's the actual number, but it's a high number. I believe that. Um, And imagine that most of those thoughts are not good, right? Like imagine that most of those thoughts are negative towards foods and towards our body. But yet you're like focused on the behavior of like, okay, I'm going to eat all the food. Like I'm eating donuts, but like, your thoughts are not aligned with your new behaviors. So that's not gonna last, that's not gonna work. All right, so that's one, I'm gonna set it here. Number one, we gotta shift our mindset. Number two, and this I'm putting my dietitian hat on. And this is the piece with food where we are making peace with food, but not just making peace with food, but like understanding how to nourish your body. And I think this part is really important too, because it's not just about not restricting food or not like, you know, letting yourself have dessert or all of these like rules and things that we hear on social media, although they are important. Like, I really do believe that you need to have permission to eat all foods all the times. I also really believe that we need to, especially at the beginning, actually always, because you have a human body that's expensive to keep alive. You need to find a way and understand your own nutrition foundation. Like what does your body need on a consistent basis? Not only to survive, but to thrive, right? And that part I think is really important because as we're making peace with all the different food rules and the different foods and we're challenging foods and we're allowing ourselves unconditional permission to eat, 
we also need to make sure that our body is physically safe and our body is physically having enough and understanding what is that enough for you? Because there are some folks, and I have seen them with so many of the women I work with who are no longer quote unquote dieting. However, they are still very much restriction, restricting. They are chronically under eating and not because they, they want to necessarily or they like think they are, but it's kind of back to this piece of like, we are being taught for so long that you need so little food so we may not actually realize what is, you know, under eating, but it's keeping us stuck. It's keeping us stuck. So I really believe in building that nutrition foundation for ourselves and understanding our body because we, okay, oh, now I'm going on tangents. Diet culture has never taught you how to eat. Diet culture has taught you how to restrict, how to follow a program, how to count your points, how to count macros. It has taught you all those things, but it has never taught you how to eat and what you actually mean. Like that piece of where like nutrition science kind of meets your own needs, right? Like understanding that piece, I think is really important. I think is extremely, extremely important um, because once our body feels safe and we feel satisfied, like truly satisfied with food, um, it's much easier to address the rest. Much easier. Um, and then in the food part too, like we do also want to talk about, you know, again, those food rules and being able to give ourselves permission. But I also believe that talking about emotional eating can be really important, beautiful. Um, most of us are emotional eater, like most humans, 99.9% .9 of humans are emotional eater in one way or another. But the way that we relate to emotional eating is very different, right, based on our own history of food. But I also feel that's something that we get to explore together, right? When we're no longer eating because of um, physical hunger, but emotions start taking a big part of it. Because um, that's different. It's a very different approach than just like, you know, hunger and satiety. So that's also a really big deal. And it's something that I think we also need to talk about because if you completely heal your relationship with food and body, but then emotional eating is still something that feels very difficult for you or that we don't understand, or there's all that shame and guilt around it. Um, it's probably again going to keep us stuck. All right. So one, mind two, really the food piece. Three, in order to truly heal our relationship with food long-term, we must do the body image work. We must. It has to be there. Most of us, when we, you know, start maybe dieting or having a crappy relationship with food, it has to do with our body. It has to do with the fact that somewhere along the way, someone told us that you, like our body is not good enough. Your body is not good enough. Your body must be different. You must try to shrink it. Here's a beautiful diet for you, perfectly packed for your needs. There we are. Here's what you should do. Right? So if we started our disordered eating ways because of how we felt about our body, because of how we were taught to feel about our body, we must address the body. We must do the work to reconnect with our body. And this is a big deal. And I know like in the bounce program with all of my beautiful clients who are in there, like it's our part three in the program. And like, we spend a lot of time here and it's always the part that when we get to it, we're nervous about it. We're like, oh my God, okay. 
now the food is getting much better, right? And like now the food, we are starting to get it, like it feels good, but now we're doing the big work, right? Now we're doing the work where we get to address the feelings around our body and feeling comfortable in our body and accepting our body, right? Um, and again, I really do believe that this part is really important. Um, I do believe that this part is accessible to all and is not reserved for a body size. And I do believe that there are different layers, right? Like we still live in a world that's very fat phobic, which impacts this work. And I still believe it's really important for us to do. And I think the more, the more of us that do this work, to very really much like accept our body, advocate for our body, and like really be in this piece of like body liberation. I think this is what's going to heal the world. I know I'm like being super dramatic today, but like imagine if we all felt so wonderful with our bodies and how we are. Like, how would this world be different? Like my like personal life has drastically changed since I've done this work and can truly say that I have a very positive body image. It has drastically changed. The person I was when I felt so uncomfortable in my skin and my body was very different. The way I would show up, the things I would say, how I would connect and not connect with people, the opportunities I would not take, the experiences I avoided, my life since I've healed my relationship with my body has been drastically different. And I know for a fact that the life of most of my clients who do this work drastically changes. Because when we feel better in our skin, when we feel better in our body, when we feel worthy and enough, we show up differently. So Working on your body image, in my perspective, is a non-negotiable to have true food freedom long-term. And I mean, everything's a choice, right? Like, you don't need to do any of this. <laughs> you don't need to do anything that I'm saying. And everything's a choice. But in my perspective, if we skip out on this work, we're skipping out on a very important part. And then the last piece. So once we've done the mind work, the, the food work, the body work, what's left to do? The maintenance. Maintenance is important, right? Because I think it would be very different if we did this work and then, you know, diet culture didn't exist, right? Like we're on an island and like life is beautiful on this anti-diet island and we just don't have to really worry about it. But the truth is that we live in diet culture. And I believe that we're going to continue to live in diet culture until the day that at least I die. <laughs> Like, I don't think diet culture is going anywhere. I think it's transforming into wellness culture and that it is what it is. But that being said, we get to learn to live in it in a way that feels empowering to us. Right? And learning to live in this system, I think is really important. Because I really believe, and we see, we talk about this often, like the system is the issue and it's not a personal issue. And I get that and I believe that. And I think in systemic levels, so much needs to change. And for me personally, as a person, and I know for a lot of my clients, sometimes this feels very disempowering. Is that a word? Not empowering. It feels very like 
crappy to feel like there's just nothing that I can do because this system is crap. So I'm stuck in this crap system and there's nothing to do. So I really think that we can find, you know, our own way to feel empowered in this work and empowered in what we do. And um, knowing that we're going to live in this oppressive system, like how do we live in it in a way that we can have as much power as we can and feel and experience life the way that we want to? Hope that makes sense. So this maintenance works for me is like, you know, learning to live in diet culture, learning to and maintain this work, but also, you know, continue the healing process and just this, like, I call it like almost like practicing self-love daily. Like there are still things I do to this day to take care of myself that were part of my healing journey, but that now have just become part of my life, right? Like this healing journey is a journey and I don't think it truly ends because we still got to live. And it's not that like, you know, when you start the journey and I know people in the balance program listening to this, probably like, oh my God, but the beginning is more challenging, right? As we're doing all this work, it doesn't stay hard. Like it's not hard as we continue. Um, it does get to feel very aligned, very easy, very intentional. And it's still something that, you know, you have to think about the same way that anything else, right? Like anything else in your life that matters to you, there's going to be continued thought the same way, like in a relationship, like with your partner or your friends or your children. You're not just kind of like, oh, cool, you're there now. Not going to nurture this relationship. It's the same thing with the relationship with ourselves, with our body, with food. I do believe we continue to nurture and take care of it. But it doesn't have to be draining. So this last part, I think, is also important because it helps us, like, prevent any type of relapses, right? Like, if, you know, whatever happens in our life, like, because diet culture is so relevant and prevalent and omnipresent, um, it makes sense to have things into place to support ourselves, having our toolbox ready for ourselves, right? So if anything does happen, we have the tools to be able to support ourselves through. So those are the four steps that I really believe that are non-negotiables if you're doing this work. I think if you skip any of these steps, it's going to keep us stuck. And like, this is my, again, my own perspective, take it or leave it. Um, but I truly believe that and I live by that and I teach by that. Like those are the actual four steps that I dive very really deep in the balance program. So everybody who is in the balance program within the balance program, like, no, like we go through these things, right? Like we make sure that we do this work and set up. And I will say like people who show up in the balance practice, do the work, come to the call, connect, like go through it their relationship to food in their body completely changes. And that's just because it's a system that works. It's the step that we need to do. And I invite you that if you are in the healing process that you look at your own stuff and like, have you addressed these four things? How will you address them? How will you make sure that those four things are addressed in a way that's going to help you have food freedom for the rest of your life? Because ultimately, I think we all want that. I do. I really do. Like, I really do believe that we all want food and body to feel easy so we can live the life that we want, right? Like no one wants to wake up on their 80th birthday and think about what they're going to eat for that day and how many points they have attributed for that day. I really don't believe that any of us want that. But the process to get there sometimes can be difficult when we've lived in a diet culture our whole life. Right. 
So I hope that this podcast episode inspires you, gives you guidance in terms of the steps that if you are wanting to do this work, if you are doing this work that you can reflect on and seeing how it fits in for you. Um, And if you want to do this work and you want to do it with me and you want to use my step-by-step approach and you feel connected maybe through this episode and feel like, okay, yeah, like you get it and you get the steps and I want to be able to do this with you and connect with you and have coaching from you, then I'm going to invite you to apply to the Balance Program. So the Balance Program is my signature method where we really dive deeper in those four steps. Like that's what we do. right? The goal of it is for you to truly heal your relationship with food and body and do so in an environment that is safe, that is supportive with you are with other people who are doing the same work where you can feel connected and, and ultimately like enjoy the process of healing because it doesn't have to be this draining thing, right? We get to show up together and do this work. So if that's something that interests you, you can go to the bouncepractice.com forward slash program. Um, and check it out. Check it out if it's for you. If it's not for you, that's fine. It's for you. Amazing. If you have questions, send me a, a message on Instagram. Um, I honestly believe in the power, the power of this program because I've seen it. Like I've seen how impactful it is. And I believe that if you're ready to do this work and re- like able to put an hour or two a week to do this work, then let's do it. Like let's freaking go. All right, my friend. I hope that you have a wonderful day. I hope that if you're listening to this podcast as it comes out, um, I also hope that you have a great Easter weekend and enjoy all the chocolate that you want, guilt-free, you know, guilt-free eating. That's the vibe. Um, And I will catch you in the next episode next week. All right. Bye, friends.